0: Good morning, Christ Community Church. It is good to be with you in distanced fashion. When we were last together, we read from the 28th chapter of Matthew. We were talking about having open arms to the world. We're talking about reaching out. There are two aspects of the command that the Lord Jesus gives in Matthew 28. However, the first is to outreach, to go out into the whole world. The second is to engage in disciple Making, now one of the ways that we kind of refer to disciple making at Orland Park Christian Reformed Church is we call it teaching and training, and so that's what we're going to be talking about today: teaching and training. What teaching and training is all about is becoming a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. So let's take a look at Matthew twenty-eight verses sixteen through twenty, and we will hear about teaching and training. Matthew twenty-eight. Verses 16 through 20. Here is how my Bible reads. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is God's word. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, as we consider the words that you have given to us through your Son, our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, in Matthew 28, we pray That you would give us now ears to hear, hearts to receive, minds to understand. We pray that we would give ourselves entirely to you. We pray that we would engage as a congregation here at Christ Community Church in teaching and training in the disciple-making enterprise. And we pray that you would be glorified through this. We pray we would give ourselves, body and soul, all of ourselves to you. And we pray that as we hear this message and as I preach it, that you would enable it so that if anything that I say doesn't come from you, that you'd make it fall to the ground and pass away and be forgotten. And we pray that everything that is from you would remain and strengthen our trust in the Lord Jesus. All this we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Now as we take a look at Matthew 28 last week and now again this week, of course it must be listened to. It's Holy Scripture. It's inspired by God. Of course it needs to be listened to. Not only is this Holy Scripture, this is one of those sections of Scripture where Jesus is speaking. Jesus Christ, the God-man, is speaking. And of course Matthew 28 should grasp our attention. Think about the incredible drama of the situation described here in Matthew chapter 28, 16 through 20. Jesus had died and had risen again from the grave. The disciples seemed to finally understand that Jesus Christ, that this one who they had been following for the last three years, that this one whom they, they seemed to have radical inconsistency in relation to, it seems as though they finally understand That Jesus is not just a good teacher, but that Jesus is God. Why? How do we know that here the disciples acknowledge that Jesus is God? Well, as, as good Jewish men, these disciples would have known that they were to worship only God. Worship God alone. And when we take a look at the text, as the text sort of opens up for us on this scene, verse 17 tells us, when they saw him, they what? They worshipped him. They worshipped him. Now some doubted, which is an incredible reality, right? Whenever I read Matthew 28 verse 17 and I read some doubted, it, it seems astounding to me that some of these disciples who had followed Jesus and lived with him for three years who had now seen him resurrected from the grave, having died and been brought back to life, some doubted. Man, if, if you are somebody that is sometimes given to doubt, recognize that perhaps even being a physical witness to the resurrection of Jesus Christ might not be the answer to all of your doubts. Even an incredible experience with the physical risen Lord Jesus Christ still left some of his disciples doubting. Now, this is just an aside, but it's a reminder that we need to call upon God, pray to God that he would send the Holy Spirit, that in those times of doubt, that he would assure us of Christ and his resurrection. But even as some doubted, the disciples as a whole worshipped Jesus. Now that Jesus had risen, now that they had seen him dying, conquering death, all of his disciples, even though some doubt recognize that Jesus Christ is Lord, that Jesus Christ is God, and they worship him, and they worship him. And so, as Jesus speaks here at the end of Matthew 28, the disciples, at least most of them, recognize that this is the voice of God commanding them. And he gives this command, go into all the world. Now that's exactly what we took a look at last week in our time together. He's saying this gospel that I am giving to you, this is what Jesus is saying, this message that God saves by my death and resurrection, this is for all of the nations, all of the world. It's not just for Jews, it's for Gentiles. Two, go, go into all the world. And once you're in the world, what do you do? You make disciples. You make disciples. That is one of the tasks that Jesus has given to his disciples. It's one of the tasks that he has given to his church. It's one of the things that you and I are called to, to make fully formed followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is what the church calls discipleship disciple making is what discipleship is and one of the convictions that Orland Park Christian Reformed Church holds to very dearly and one of the things I want to encourage all of us here at Christ Community Church in is this that we need to be committed to disciple making we need to be committed to teaching and training and there are three parts of this command that the Lord Jesus Christ gives so he says go into all the world right that's the first one that we talked about last week and then he says teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you and those are going to be our three points for this morning teaching them to obey everything teaching them to obey everything so first teaching an invaluable part of being a fully formed faithful follower of Jesus is teaching there's no way around it regardless of how you feel about school and right now Some of you, some of you who are students, some of you boys and girls, you might feel especially bad about teaching right now, uh, about learning right now, about growing in knowledge right now, because distance learning, if you're you're participating in distance learning, this is hard. I've heard this from a bunch of students and teachers in my context that distance learning is hard. For others of you, school may have been something that you never liked. I mean, there are aspects of school that we frankly don't like, The, the task of learning. It can be difficult. It's hard work. But regardless of how you feel right now about your school, about education, regardless about how you feel about about the process of learning, one of the things a Christian is called to is learning, is being taught. Jesus says, teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. This means that any church that's committed to the words of Jesus is committed to teaching about him to forming Christians like Jesus through teaching. It means that if you want to be a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, you need to be committed to learning more about him. If you want to be a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, you need to be committed to learning more about him. So let me ask you some questions. Do you know more about God Than you did 2 years ago? Or 3 years ago? Or 5 years ago? Do you know more. About the people of God. Than you did 2 years ago. Or 3 years ago. Or 5 years ago. Or 10 years ago. Do you know more of your Bible. Than you did a few years ago. Or 5 years ago. Do you know more. Biblical doctrine. Than you did 2 years ago five years ago? Do you love Jesus more than you did two or three or five years ago? Do you love his people more than you did two or three or five years ago? Do you love his ways more? This is a time for us to honestly consider. Am I being a disciple? Am I engaged in being more like Jesus? Do I know more about him each year? If the answer is no, then it's time to admit, Lord, I haven't been a disciple like I should be. I haven't been getting to know you as I should be. I don't know you as well as I should. I need to get to know you better. I need to spend time with you and so know you better. I mean, you understand this, right? I mean, we all understand this intuitively. If If you are in a deep friendship with another person, one of the things that you should be doing is always getting to know them better. Now, if, if, say, you, you have a, a deep friendship and you're like, yeah, for the last five years, we really uh, haven't gotten to know anything more about each other. I know, I know, you know very much about what happened five years and the time before about this person, but I really haven't gotten to know them better. That is a friendship that's in decline. You need to know more and more about Jesus. And if you are realizing, man, I, I guess I'm I'm stuck, I haven't continued to grow in knowledge of Jesus. Well, then, it, it's time to be a disciple. Give yourself over to discipleship. Be discipled and disciple others. There's this um, particular drum that I it, you know, at Orland Park CRC I've I've beaten a lot in relation to this. But one of my favorite discipleship tools, if you're looking for one, if you're realizing, I got to get to know more about the Lord. I've got to know more about the Bible. One of the tools that I love the best is a really helpful book to help people study scripture in one-to-one groups. It's called One-to-One Bible Reading. And I want to make a promise to you, if I get a Facebook message from any of you, or an email from any of you, or a text from any of you, or a phone call saying, you know, this one-to-one Bible reading, it sounds like a concept I'd love to do. I'd love to join together once a week, or every other week, or once a month with another person, and spend an hour or two, uh, you know, engaged in deep Bible study with another person, and uh, I'd love to do that one-on-one, write to me, call me, text me. I will buy you the book, One-to-One Bible Reading, and I will give it to you next time I'm here because I'd love to encourage that. That's one one way of discipleship. I know that there are many discipleship tools that you have here at Christ Community Church. I love seeing Facebook notifications about that, ways to get involved in various studies or groups you need to learn more about the lord jesus christ because he commands the the church to teach to teach those who would be disciples more and more about the lord jesus and so commit yourself to learning more about him and and here the purpose of teaching is this our learning in the Lord Jesus, our becoming more and more like him through discipleship has a purpose. We are taught so that we might obey him. We are taught so that we might obey him. Obeying, obeying is the purpose of this teaching and training, right? He says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded commanded you. So so this observation of all the commands is not just, oh, I, I observe that, I, I take note of that. No, the, the observation that Jesus is talking about is obedience, teaching them to observe, that is, teaching them to obey everything that I've said to you. The purpose of instruction in the Lord is to keep the commands of the Lord Jesus Christ, to observe everything that he has commanded, is to obey all the commands of the Lord Jesus Christ. This, again, speaks to the fact that Jesus is more than a friend, that Jesus is God. If you are friends with somebody who is not the Lord Jesus, and you get to know each other pretty well, and you see them, and they're like, you know, we're such good friends, now obey everything I tell you. You should probably stop being friends with that person. If that person is not God, you should not obey everything that that person tells you to do. But the fact that the Lord Jesus is God, the one who has brought the universe into existence, the one who rules all things, it means the fact that we are friends with him and the fact that he is king means that he still gets to give you directions. We need to learn more about him so that we obey him more and more. A disciple is one who recognizes, okay, this this friend of mine, Jesus Christ, this friend of mine is Lord of the universe and is, is God. So I'm going to obey him. That's the call of a disciple. You know, this speaks to one of the aspects of discipleship that can be really hard for churches. Part of discipleship is discipline. Now, that means that as people who want to be disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ, we have to be self-disciplined enough to obey him and to obey all of the things that he has commanded us. But it speaks to another part of discipleship. Part of discipleship is the difficult task of church discipline. Now, the Lord has blessed this congregation with wonderful elders and leaders, and one of the tasks that they have, one of the discipling tasks that they have is discipline, is discipline. Which means that if any of us at Christ Community Church are caught in a consistent, public, unrepentant sin, the church, through the elders, needs to go to that person and say, Hey, you gotta, you got to stop. This is not honoring God. This is not the way that God is calling you to live. And if they keep doing it, they approach again. They're like, stop. And if they keep doing it, and if, if a person just keeps giving themselves to disobedience, public, unrepentant disobedience, we say, you know what? We've got to separate ourselves from you until you realize that what you're doing is totally destructive. And this is this is the, the discipline aspect of discipleship, because, because being a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ is not just liking the idea of Jesus, it's not just being cool with Jesus, it's obeying Jesus. And if you or I are not obeying Jesus. It means that we don't want to be a disciple of Jesus. And so then the church has to come in and be like, you are not acting like a disciple. This is part of the loving, good thing that churches do. And it's really good. It is really good when a friend of yours, a Christian friend of yours, or an elder in the church comes to you and just says, hey, you've got to be... You've got to come back to Jesus. You've got to start obeying everything. Because we obey the Lord in everything. And that's the way that uh, we conclude our time this morning. So let me read again Jesus' words. Jesus said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all. All that I have commanded you, all that I have commanded you. So we are called to obey the Lord Jesus in everything, not just in some things, but in everything. Now, this obeying Jesus in everything, this in everything part of discipleship, is it's maybe the hardest part of it, right? I mean, there are probably certain things where it's easy to obey the Lord Jesus in this part of your life or in that part of your life, here or there or wherever, right? There, there's probably aspects of your life that are easier than other parts of your life to give over to Jesus. But Jesus says, no, 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 I don't just want part of your life. I don't want just some of your thought life. I don't want just some of your actions. I don't want just part of yourself. I don't want just your mind. I don't want just your heart. I don't want just your appetite. I want the whole thing. This giving Jesus everything part is oftentimes the hardest. Let me illustrate that with one story from a long time ago. Vladimir the Great was the prince of Rus, which became Russia during the 900s and the 1000s. Vladimir the Great was a brilliant military strategist. Let me read to you a little bit about him. He was continuing his expansion beyond his father's extensive domain in 981 through 984. He just ran through that whole region, consolidating territory for what would become Russia. He planted numerous fortresses and colonies along his way. But he was unmarried, and he had no heir. He had been living as a thoroughgoing pagan. He had taken 800 concubines. He had built pagan statues and shrines to false gods, but he hadn't produced an heir. So, who was going to lead this territory after he died? He instructed his leaders to search for a suitable wife, and there was one woman, the most suitable in the whole territory, who was found. Her name was Anna, and praise God, she was a faithful Eastern Orthodox Christian. She said that she would marry him, but only if he became a Christian only if he was baptized into the Eastern Orthodox Church. Praise God for faithful women who won't compromise like Anna. Vladimir the Great thought, all right, fine. If this is what it takes, I will undergo instruction, and I will be baptized, become a Christian, and enter the Orthodox Church. Once the instruction was completed... Uh, he was uh, Vladimir, accompanied by his palace guards, made their way to Athens, where uh, Vladimir the Great would be baptized. Upon his arrival in Athens, uh, the, uh, as as he was going to be baptized in the Mediterranean Sea, his soldiers, his five hundred closest soldiers, came with, and always loyal to their leader, they asked, if they could also be baptized, they were given a crash course in the Orthodox faith, and so they too were ready for baptism. It was going to be a mass baptism. The guards would be baptized together in a mass baptism uh, to be attended by huge crowds from all over Greece, as was the custom in the Greek Orthodox Church, and the Eastern Orthodox Church. The baptism would be by full immersion. Imagine the scene, 500 soldiers, and 500 priests wading into the Mediterranean Sea for baptism. The soldiers decked out in full battle gear, and the priests in their black robes and hats. But there was another problem that presented itself. The church did not allow professional soldiers to be members. If they were baptized into the church, they would need to give up their occupation. It was unacceptable to Ivan and his soldiers, or Vladimir and his soldiers, so a compromise was reached. As the Priests baptized each soldier. He would enter into the Mediterranean Sea and he would lift up his sword high above his head and he would be baptized his whole body except his right hand and his sword. Now this is a stunning picture because it's a reminder to us of how easy it is for us to say, Lord, I will give you almost everything. Looking back, it's easy for us to be critical of the capitulation that would allow the Orthodox Church to allow these soldiers to be baptized, but not all the way, keeping a little something out of the water. But really, when we think about it, if we're honest with ourselves, don't many of us approach the task of being a disciple in the same sort of way? We're supposed to give the Lord God everything. But if we're honest with ourselves, how many of us want to go into the waters of baptism but but keep a little something out for ourselves? All right, Lord, I will become a disciple. Just let me keep my checkbook out of the water. Let me use my finances for myself. All right, God, I'll become a disciple, but let me just keep my right hand out of the water. I'll I'll just hold on to my family. That's it. That's the only part I don't want baptized. Maybe it's like, all right, Lord, I'll become baptized, but I, I, I just want to keep this part of my identity Or my sexuality out of the water. Okay, I'm I'm willing to be baptized. But I I just want to hold this number of my opinions out of the water. This is not the way that we are called to be disciples. We're called to give our whole selves over to him. This is what it means to be a fully formed, faithful follower of Jesus. All right. I'm going in all the way. I'm holding back nothing for myself. I'm giving you, Lord, every part of myself. I give you my thought life. I give you my appetites. I give you my heart. I give you my body. I give you my actions. I give to you my family and my finances and my future. I hand it all over to you. Let me jump into the sea and give you my whole self. That is what you and I are called to today. Teaching them to observe everything. Search your hearts. Are there aspects of your own life that you are keeping held up above the water? Are there aspects of your life that you are keeping away from the Lord Jesus? To do that is not to be a faithful disciple. I want to call, I want to invite all of you today, whether you have been a Christian for a long time, whether you haven't professed faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, it's time to lay down everything that is not the Lord Jesus Christ and run headlong to him. It's time to jump into the waters of baptism, holding back nothing from God, holding back nothing for yourself. It's time to be a disciple. And church, it's time for us to be committed to teaching the the church and the world to observe everything that the Lord has commanded. Everything. It's time to be a church. It's time to be a people committed to discipleship. It's time for us to be committed to teaching and training. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would enable us to give you our full selves. Take all of us, Lord. Let us hold nothing back for ourselves, but let us give to you everything. And let us be a church committed to teaching the whole world, to obey, to observe everything that the Lord Jesus has commanded us. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.